Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and we are back. We have a fascinating interview and a fascinating subject. What we're talking about today is how we can, it could happen, we can become brainwashed and become part of a cult, even when we're bright and come from, you know, terrific families and just do all the right things. It can happen. And today my guest is Renee Linnell. She's an inspirational author and a cult survivor. In her book, The Burn Zone, she talks about her story of indoctrination into a cult and the journey back to freedom and love. She's also working on starting a publishing company to give people from all walks of life an opportunity to tell their stories. Just pretty, pretty amazing. Welcome, Renee. Thank you so much, Patricia. It's so nice to be here. Yeah, it's really, and I know that this is a very, very important subject. Renee Linnell is a serial entrepreneur. She founded and co-founded five companies. She has an executive master's in business administration from New York University. Currently, as I said before, she's working on a publishing company to help people from all walks of life tell their stories. All right, so here's the question that you probably get asked a lot. You graduated magna cum laude with a double degree. You've traveled to nearly 50 countries alone before you turned 35. You were a surf model and a professional tango dancer. You started five different companies and got an MBA from New York University. So the big question is, how did you, with all of this background, end up brainwashed in a cult? I know, that is the big question, and now that I'm at the other side, it just seems mind-boggling to me, but it really was the perfect storm of events. Most of my family died when I was young, and my father died when Mm -hmm. I was 15, and that left Mm -hmm. me with an alcoholic, emotionally abusive mother, and Mm -hmm. I was always searching for answers to the big questions in life, like why are we here and what comes after we die, and... I was raised Catholic, and that really didn't work for me. Um, And what I was learning in school didn't seem to help. And so I just was seeking and searching, but I didn't even know what I was searching for. And then I walked into this meditation seminar when I was 33 years old, and I sat in the front row, and the woman introduced herself and then put on this music to meditate. And as soon as I closed my eyes, I felt this energy shoot up the base of my spine and out the top of my head and everything went white and my whole world went white and I found peace. Let me ask, let me ask you this. What were the specific situations? Was there like a culmination of events that, that, opened you up to this? Like, were there several things that happened at once that were really tough for you? Well, there were, as I said, most of my family had already died. And then right in my late, and left me pretty much alone. And then late in my 20s, my mother went missing. And then she turned up dead in a hotel bathtub, Uh, drowned. uh, And then then right after that, my godmother got diagnosed with brain cancer and died. And so they were just these wounds that, even though I had this dream life as this model and Mm. professional dancer, Mm. um, all of that was going on. 
And so, and the spiritual yeah. teacher was a woman, and so. And when you saw I the light, right and, you felt, and you felt peace, <laughs> that it just, you felt wonderful, right? It was like a respite in a way. Oh, it was the most incredible peace I had ever felt, and I realized that's what I was searching for. And then as she went on to talk, she said, in the East, people have these beautiful spiritual practices, but they live in poverty, and in the West, People have these really great careers and make a lot of money, but they're soul sick. And so what she was going to teach us to do was sharpen our minds through meditation and then use our career every moment at work as an offering to the divine. So our career became the spiritual path. And then we would make more money so we could create lives where we meditate better. And it sounded great. Except what happened with the money part of it? (laughs) Well, the more money we made, the more money we paid. So, but then that, that again was justifiable at the time because she was coaching us in our careers. So we thought, well, Mm. we're making this money because of her. So she kept increasing the tuition. How did you, what was the aha? What, what was the jarring factor that made you say, you know what? Something's not right here. Well, it's interesting because there were a lot of ahas, and which I ignored. And I really parallel this experience to any toxic relationship where when someone goes yeah. on the first yep. date, you know, if you get hit or abused on the first date, you're not going on a second date, but they build you up and they romance you and then they manipulate your time and then they introduce self-doubt. Yeah. And so for me, yeah, by the time the ahas came... I, it was self-doubt. I thought, well, maybe I'm not strong enough to stay on the spiritual path, or maybe my ego's mm. too big to become saint-like. Mm-hmm. So I ignored them. Mm. So how does a cult cut you off from the outside world? Again, it really is the same way as any toxic relationship. They start by manipulating a lot of your time. So we had meditation to do in the morning. Then we had these, we had to really work hard at our careers. A lot of us, she told us to take computer programming classes. So then we were going to computer school at night. She told us to get black belts in karate. So then we were training karate. Um, mm-hmm. So that happens where there's so much. So in, in some ways time. it was good. I mean, in some ways yeah. it was good because you learned a lot of new skills. Yeah, I learned a lot of new skills, but they do use up all your time. And then you spend all your time with the group and the group thing starts to sink in. And then there's not as much time for friends and family and activities that you love. So the support structure starts to go away. And then, like I said, and then the self-doubt gets introduced. Mm. Mm. But the group you joined said they were a self-empowerment group. Yes, correct. How did you figure out that it was a cult? When did you know that? It really, when I, I really did not allow myself to think that until my entire life shattered in New York, and it's documented now in the New York tabloids, unfortunately, or fortunately, it makes for a good story. Um, and so it was a complete, when everything blew up in my life, and I finally... Can you tell us about was, that? Yes. So she, so the spiritual teacher... Um, she gave me an impossible task. It was her way of kicking me out of the cult, actually, and it was to go get an MBA at one of the hardest business schools in the country and then start a business that made $10 million profit 
after taxes. And then I could come back to the group and give them the money. And so I went off to New York with no support structure at all. And I had to say goodbye to everyone in the group and Mm. then, and get a black belt in karate. So I fell in love with my karate sensei. I started a business with him and because my intuition, I wasn't trusting my intuition, even though all the signs were there that this was not a good business partnership, I ignored Mm. them and I kept putting money into the business and it was a very, very bad situation for me. Um, I sued him to try to get my money back and to get out of the business. And we ended up in the tabloids and I finally just gave him everything. And was it then that you realized that you had to get out or, or that you were done? Yes, it was that. And then I do talk about it in the book. There was a, I had a near death experience and kind of the combination of losing so much in New York and then having a near-death experience and being so completely on my own, um, it just made me go into the dark so deeply, I guess, that I was able to stop everything and see the truth, that I had gotten very far away from what I knew was right for me. Mm. So, so that ended, and then you, well, you broke away anyway because you went to New York. So yes. did you ever stay in contact or did did she ever find out what happened? Well, of course you have the book. So <laughs> well, we so I wasn't supposed to be in contact with them at all and then when everything was falling apart in New York, I actually because I was still very faithful and devoted to them and considered them my teachers still and was still meditating about 2 hours a day. And um, one day I prayed that they would show up back in my life because I just felt like I really needed guidance. And she did show up in New York a week later for one night only. And I went to the event and um, and it was awkward. And then I received a letter from them that said it was no longer appropriate for me to attend their event. Mm. And that mm. was it. I never heard from them again. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the woman, you know, also what I read is that she insisted that women weren't allowed to be sexy or beautiful because the male gaze would drain their power. Talk about that. That was fascinating to me because she did insist that. She said that she was here to empower women, and then she told us we had to dress in these really big baggy clothes, and we couldn't use our energy in any sexual way towards men. And so that really led me to turn down my light, I would say, and become invisible, which I had learned to do as a child around my alcoholic mother. And Mm. I think it was incredibly detrimental because I think as women, the planet needs our light. You know, no matter what age, size, shape we are, we have this beautiful feminine light that shines through us. Mm. And when we think that we're old or we think we're ugly or we think whatever negative thing we think about ourselves, we turn it down and we deprive this planet of that beautiful feminine light that shines through us. Mm -hmm. And I think... 
it does the planet and ourselves a huge disservice. And so I really encourage women, I think the more spiritual and aligned we are, the brighter our light should shine. And the older we get with the wisdom that we accumulate, the brighter our light should shine. And so I and think it's sex- women, And sexuality is a part of that. Of course it's a part of it. It's such a beautiful, incredible energy that we have because with our sexuality, we're creating more life. That's what we do with that. You know, when it's it's not, um, when we don't have shame around it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Very powerful. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more to Renee Linnell. And her book is The Burn Zone. It's a memoir. And it's really about being part of a cult and getting out of it and being a successful woman. And we'll talk when we come back about warning signs and what you can do if you think you're falling prey to this or someone else's. And, um, you know, where Renee is now and all the positive lessons she's gained now. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer-Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, The Trauma and Beauty of Being Human with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests or people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. 
Hi, everyone. We are back, and we have a fascinating interview with Renee Linnell. She's the author of The Burn Zone. She's an inspirational author, and she's a cult survivor. She's also a serial entrepreneur. She's co-founded five companies, and she's working on a publishing company to help people of different walks of life tell their stories. And we're talking about her story, how she got into the cult and how she got out of it and how she has a really wonderful life now. Welcome back, Renee. Thank you. All right. So here's my question. I know okay. you're not a therapist, but as, but as somebody who's been a survivor and knows a lot about this and has been in it, what would your advice be to somebody listening to this interview that could have a friend, a child, a grandchild themselves and uh, that are questioning maybe they're getting influenced by the wrong people? What would be the signs and what would be your advice? Well, I have a different answer for both sides of that question. So if you okay, think that maybe for somebody that thinks that maybe they're in a cult or possibly I would say signs are... Any group that's easy to get into and hard to leave, um, from, in my example, okay. they said we would ruin our karma. Um, okay. There's a lot of shaming when you leave, or they yep. try to ostracize you. Another okay. one is where the, where the leader gets deified, and so you feel like without the leader, you're nothing, that you need the leader in order to get the benefits from the group. Um, okay. And when they try to manipulate a lot of your time so that you don't have as much time with friends and family and doing activities that you love. That's another big red Mm -hmm. flag. And a group that introduces self-doubt or makes you feel badly about yourself or like there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with you intrinsically. Um, Mm -hmm. Wow. and, And then when friends and family try to warn you. So those are all big red flags. Now, did you have that? Did you have that, Renee? Did people see it on the outside, friends of yours, and try to warn you? Definitely. And so then that's my answer to your next. The other part of the question is, what do you do if you have friends and loved ones in a group like this? And the truth is, when I was in that group, nobody could have pulled me out of it. And anybody Uh that tried, I shoved out of my life. And so yeah. I have a twin brother, and he finally said, as I was shoving everyone out of my life and changing my phone number and email address, he said, look, I love you. I'm your only family. I don't care how weird you get. I don't care what you're doing. You do whatever you want. I trust you to run your life. Just maintain communication because I love you, and I'm always here for you. And because wow. of that, I didn't feel like I had to push him away. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I heard someone years ago tell a story. He was also in a cult, but it was different. It was a very, very, um, he was in it for a long time. And then he started helping cult survivors. And one of the things that he did is he said when he, when he talked to someone or helped somebody, he would just listen to them. And they would go on and on about the cult and he would say yes. And he would side with them. And then he said he introduced like a little question of doubt, like, hmm, what was it like when? Or, gee, was that hard when? And it was like he asked one question after he sided with them, so he was on their side, and they started opening, and he said then it all came out. He said it's a very interesting technique where you, you, you are with them, but then slowly you interject something and they open. What do you think of that? 
I think it's great. And again, I think that it is like any toxic relationship. When, when someone's in a bad relationship and everyone's trying to get them to leave, they don't want to listen to it. But when you say, I love right. you, and obviously you're in this relationship for a reason, why don't you tell me about it? And then they feel safe and they yes. say, well, it's not that great. And well, he doesn't treat me that well. Yes. well I don't like Yes. This, right? Yes. That's exactly what, what this man was saying he did. And uh, they finally got the person out of the cult. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. So what, where is your life now, Renee, in terms of happiness, fulfillment? Where are you now? Six years later, I think you said. I have to, yes, it's six years later, and I have to say I'm happier than I've ever been. And I'm no longer searching because what I finally found was, and I know it sounds cliche, but I found myself, and as I was so broken by life, and I think this happens when life really breaks us, whether through death of a loved one or a terrible accident or divorce or financial destruction, we get so exhausted just trying to stay alive that we're able to drop all of the facades, and I stopped trying to be somebody that I thought I had to be to please the world, and I just became myself. And I realized mm. I'm really good at being myself, and it's actually really fun. And then when I have fun, I'm really nice, and then I'm radiating love and joy, and then people are loving me back, and I'm really happy and content. <laughs> That's wonderful. What are you doing now with work? You still have you have your business. I do. My, my main work now is this book, promoting this book, and really the messages behind it, which are the life as a human is really messy and we're all broken and we're all wounded and we're all so beautiful. And it's time for us really to believe in ourselves and stop listening to messages that tell us we're not okay the way we are. And so I'm spending a lot of my time with this right now. And then Mm -hmm. I do have some other sources of income through investments that I started years ago. Yeah. So that's wonderful. So that helps too. Terrific. Yeah. So what is your message for our listeners about your wonderful memoir, Burn? And you were in this cult for seven years uh, following yeah, this Buddhist teacher. Yeah, almost seven years. Almost seven yeah. years, and you've been out now for six years. So tell us, what's yeah. your message? What do you want to leave our listeners with? I love that question. And I would say the biggest thing I want to leave readers with is that you're perfect just the way you are and everything that happened to you in your life actually happened for you and the ways that you're wounded and the, and the past that you might have shame about, those are actually the keys to your destiny. And mm-hmm. I think that it's beautiful when we own and celebrate our stories rather than hide them or apologize for them or have shame around them because that's what makes us so unique. And finally, I would say it's the pieces of us that we hid as children in order to fit in and blend in. The pieces of us that make us different, those are actually the key to our destiny as well. Mm, So wonderful. How can people get your book? It's available now. It just came out Tuesday. So it's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can order online, The Burn Zone by Renee Linnell. Or uh, bookstores, if they're not carrying it right now, they'll definitely order it for listeners. Okay. And do you have a blog? Can people contact you? I do, yes, on my website, which is com. Okay. 
All right. So if people have a question or they'd like to share something, they can do that. Oh, I would love that. There's a contact us form and it's really contact me and it goes directly to me. And I would love to hear from listeners and they can sign up for my mailing list. I only send four newsletters a year. All right. And and before we go, the website is again. It's ReneeLinnell.com. R-E-N-E-L, R-E-N-E-E-L-I-N-N-E-L-L. N-N-E-L-L.com. Okay. Renee, thank you so much. It was very inspiring and enlightening to have you on this program. Thank you so much, Patricia. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. All right, stay tuned. Stay on the line for a second. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need. Know you can make your dreams come true. And contact me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com, and I'll put you on my newsletter list. Or like me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. Until next week, have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.